Welcome to the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society. Welcome to ITSB Magazine. You're listening to a new The Hacker Factory podcast with hacker maker Philip Wiley. You're about to discover what the role of a professional hacker entails, the different specializations it holds, and what it takes to learn and become one. Enjoy the conversation as Philip and guests unveil the secrets of professional hacking a mysterious, intriguing, and often misunderstood occupation. Knowledge is power, now more than ever. BugCrowd's award-winning platform combines actionable contextual intelligence with the skill and experience of the world's most elite hackers to help leading organizations identify and fix vulnerabilities, protect customers, and make the digitally connected world a safer place. Learn more at bugcrowd.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Hacker Factory podcast. Each episode I have an interesting guest sharing how they got into the industry, so hopefully it will help you on your journey. And today I'm really excited to have my friend Caleb McMurtry on the show. Thanks for joining, Caleb. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm glad to be on. Yeah, Caleb and I, we've been connected through InfoSec Twitter and kind of following his content creation on YouTube and we're connected through a lot of other folks that are content creators and InfoSec professionals. So uh, I was on Caleb's show a while back. So it's great to, to have Caleb finally on my show. Yeah, super, super hyped. Had a great time then. You know, I've been looking forward to, to meet with you again too. So how has your 2022 been going so far? It's been busy. It's been busy. A lot, you know, a lot going on, just, you know, getting, getting work going. So that's been great. Uh, learning a lot. Uh, and then, uh, of course, you know, got the channel going on. So, so doing a lot there as well. So definitely pushing, you know, starting strong for sure. Well, that's good. How's the, the YouTube content creation going? It's good. It's, it's good. I've been, you know, putting a lot of the, uh, the new stuff out lately. Uh, we had like the lapses hack, uh, or I guess I should say plural hacks. <laughs> we had like <laughs> NVIDIA and then Samsung again, a lot to cover there. Uh, some, you know, events going on world events to cover as it relates to cyber. So it's just so much to track and so much to learn as well. And, and seeing kind of like the real world effects of, of kind of these concepts that we pick up in school uh, and kind of seeing like the real world impact that, you know, the offensive side of hacking really has and, and you know, why it's so important to, to emphasize defense and, and really try to get as much of that right as possible. Good stuff. And before we get too far into the show, you know, some of our listeners may, may not know of you since, you know, cause we've a lot of people, get to know uh, new people to follow and, and learn about new people on the show. Why don't you uh, introduce yourself and share a little bit about you and your background? Yeah, for sure. Uh, my name is Caleb McMurtry. Uh, I got started in cybersecurity uh, after graduating college uh, back in May 2020. I'm so used to saying last year, but it's 2022 now, so I got to catch up with the calendar. But uh, uh, I've, I've been working on the on the blue team defense side uh, this whole time, but also kind of learning some of the red team stuff on my own uh, uh, on my free time as well. Uh, went to school for cybersecurity, and so it's kind of been the track that I've been on this whole time uh, to help myself review and kind of I guess brush up on uh, some of the concepts and, and the theory that I felt like I was starting to lose just because of you know the pace of work. Uh, I, I started my channel studio sec to kind of go through some of those concepts and really create like a library that I could fall back to. I'm, I'm more of like a visual learner. 
and like an auditory learner. So I felt like that was helpful for me and hopefully it would be helpful for that for others. And uh, I've kind of really expanded on that. I, you know, we got to do an interview as well on there. Uh, you know, we had like the Cyber Monday show. Uh, and I've been able to just meet a ton of, uh, you know, just excellent people like yourself and learn from learn from you guys. And it's been, uh, you know, it's been so humbling and, and, and so educational getting to hear about, you know, everyone's experiences, everyone's thoughts on the industry. Uh, and then, of course, you know, pairing that with with, you know, continuing to brush up on some of the theory and the concepts that, you know, there's videos on and then some of the news. It's it. I feel like it's helped me to kind of create like or get like a grasp of a more holistic approach on, on cybersecurity. Uh, and hopefully it's helpful for others as well. But yeah, so that's been me just kind of booking it since graduating, trying not to forget as much as I can. It's just so much information. But, uh, but yeah, we're rolling. So it's been a, a fast-paced couple of t- couple of years for you. So that's that's awesome. So with yeah. the content creation, you know, I know it, it, it it's helping you for education perspective, but career-wise, uh, were you getting any career prospects from doing the content creation? Has that helped you out? Yeah, a hundred percent. I put out, I, I you know, just circumstances. I needed to start looking for a new job, uh, and so you know, I kind of put some feelers out and, and some people that had been familiar with, with what I'd been putting on the channel, they definitely, you know, hit me up and there's some pretty interesting conversations. Uh, it was, it was actually, it was also a topic of conversation with my current job and, and some of the recruiters there. Um, I, I can't, I can't, uh, you know, rec- recommend doing it enough. Like even just writing blogs, I've seen a lot of people, you know, they'll put up blogs and that's led to jobs. Um, even outside of cybersecurity, uh, my, my wife, she, uh, she started a YouTube channel talking about uh, study abroad because uh, that's her passion. She loves to travel. And at the time, she was working in like marketing uh, or, or, you know, just doing kind of like business analyst kind of things. And, you know, she was able to make a complete industry shift because people saw her passion through the content creation. And, uh, you know, she doesn't really do YouTube anymore, but it got her, it got her a job and her passion. Uh, her passion industry. So I feel like, you know, kind of creating that content, not only helping to educate people that are a step behind you, but to kind of show people that are looking for, for people that are passionate about the field. That's a great way to kind of, to demonstrate that and, and to show others that, you know, you you really mean it whenever you say that you're passionate about this and that you're, you're very eager to pick up more topics. And also it can show kind of where you're at in your learning journey. Uh, yeah. I can't recommend it enough. That's great. And, you know, one of the things that about that for people listening is, you know, hiring managers like that you have speaking skills. And so you're doing these videos and content creation, you're demonstrating that if you're blogging, you're demonstrating communication skills, uh, you know, doing walkthroughs and stuff can show uh, potential employers, you know, some of your skills and stuff. And that kind of, I guess, in a sense, kind of would speed the process up for them, because otherwise that all has to be done during an interview. And then sometimes you may not get lucky to make it an interview. I know a guy from our local community that he had recently graduated college at our DEF CON 214 meeting here in Dallas. He did a talk on malware or malware analysis and for and one of the hiring managers for a large global uh, financial company was in the audience and he was over an IR team. He saw his uh, talk and asked for his resume and the guy got hired. So it was basically kind of doing a technical evaluation 
live in front of this guy without even realizing that he could get a job. But then when you amplify that where it's recording and online, you can share it again, opposed to having to go through and just give your presentation all over again, that that's something that we can reuse a lot. Yeah, 100%. Absolutely. So as far as you getting started in the industry, so how did that, what did that look like? So you went to, to Scott College for cybersecurity. Is that how that worked? Yep. Yeah, I got started. Uh, I, well, I, I like to say that I got started a bit before that because, you know, my dad teaches cybersecurity. Uh, Dr. Shannon McMurtry, shout out to him uh, if he's listening to this. Uh, but, you know, he, he kind of got me started, uh, I want to say like somewhere around like high school, just interested in some of the topics. And it kind of got that bug in my ear. <laughs> and uh, I, I started off at Missouri State uh, doing computer and information systems and, and got the opportunity to transfer over to Mercy College uh, for cybersecurity. And, and so I really just kind of kicked it off there. Um, and yeah, just kind of ran with it. So it was kind of a mix between doing some of that, getting the security plus on my own. Um, you know, I, I feel like that, kind of set up a little, you know, fairly well. Yeah, that's great to have an influence because, you know, when people are getting into the industry, it's kind of hard to to figure out what you need to do. And, you know, that's one of the advantages. I hear a lot of people in the industry put down college and some people agree with it. But, you know, that's one of the benefits of college, too, is if you don't understand an industry, you've got some kind of guidance to help you along the way, opposed to, you know, self-study can be more difficult since you've got to figure out everything on your own, find good resources and that sort of thing. So that, that was good. You got started off on the right foot and I'm sure that saved you a lot of time and, you know, prevented time you could have wasted and, you know, going down a lot of rabbit holes to find things that didn't turn out to be so great. Yeah, definitely. I feel really blessed to have, you know, the parents that I have and to, to have, you know, my dad, he definitely, he, you know, he didn't, he didn't let, he didn't let me go easy too. You know, <laughs> I'd ask him a lot of questions and, you know, he'd, he'd reply back with a, you know, let me Google that for you. So he definitely, you know, pushed me a lot to, to kind of build that muscle of self-research and, and stuff like that. But yeah, I, I can't agree more having like a mentor and having kind of like somebody to kind of help push you in the right direction. Uh, it, it's, you know, even today it's, it's nice to have, you know, him to just kind of ping ideas off of and to kind of be like, you know, am I moving in the right direction or, you know, how, how am I doing? Yeah. Speaking of the the mentoring thing, I know you, you're involved with a, a community and stuff. So uh, kind of what are some of the efforts you're doing in community wise and mentoring? If you could share some of that information with us. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm still kind of looking to enumerate, you know, some of those opportunities too. Um, I'm, I'm with the Republic of Hackers uh, and that is a huge community uh, there's some just absolutely excellent people uh, on that server as well. A lot of them, well, I, I'd say all of them, pretty much much more intelligent and wise in this industry than myself. Uh, you know, you got, you know, the Raven. We had uh, uh, Tina Shakur on. She's, you know, a longtime vet of the industry. There's just some some excellent folks on there. And so, I've, I, I, you know, I kind of hope with the channel, it's, it's, it's helping to kind of mentor people a step behind me. Uh, but at the same time, because I am kind of still fairly new in my career, I'm, I'm still kind of trying to build up confidence <laughs> to in-person mentor people a, a step behind me. But also at the same time, you know, trying to just re remember that there's, there's so much that I have to learn. And so paying attention to the people that are, you know, one, two, three, four, five steps ahead of, my, uh, ahead of where I'm at right now. 
and learning from them as well. You know, there's there's always going to be things things to learn, uh, uh, folks and mentors to, to find and learn from. So it's kind of a balance that, that I've been trying to find. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah, sharing information like that and resources with other people in the community is, is one of the first one of the first steps. Before I got into a lot of mentoring in cybersecurity, I was just sharing resources with people that wanted to go through the OSCP exam, sharing things with them, study tips and that sort of thing was how I kind of got started. So that's a good thing. And one of the things too for people listening is it's it's never really too soon to mentor or help others out because the thing is is where Caleb's at two years into his career, he's had this education, he has this path that was successful for him. So there's things he can share to help others out because these other people may not have mentors, you know, they're, they may not have family members in the industry. And so be able to do that is a big help. So when people out there don't ever underestimate, just be able to share resources, you know, if you know a good YouTube channel or some good training, share that with folks. So that's always a good thing to help build this this industry because you know where there is a big skill shortage out there and uh, a lack of people there's a lot of people that want to get in and sometimes people aren't so patient in giving chances but it really seems like when you're doing the networking with people that that really seems to help people get their foot in the door where otherwise they may have not gotten gotten started yeah one thousand percent absolutely yeah, it's just kind of amazing when you you really get your networking going, how you really get to the point where you really don't have to deal, you don't have to depend on recruiters, which is a good thing. Yeah, and I, th- I feel like that's kind of, a, you know, I've, I've, we've talked a little bit uh, about social media, uh, at least, you know, with, with a bunch of people uh, on both ROH and, and the channel and stuff like that. It's such a valuable resource to network, like you said. You know, that's how we got in contact, and, and there's, you know, I feel like the the network has expanded and even mentoring. Like I've learned a lot from, you know, the stuff that you've shared a lot from, you know, like uh, Kevin Beaumont, he, he posts a lot of excellent stuff. Uh, a lot of the names are slipping out just cause you know, got to love, you know, being on camera for a second. But yeah, it, there's some excellent folks out there that are, you know, very openly kind of like you said, you know, sharing their thoughts. And, and so you can kind of learn along the way and build that network at the same time. So so what what are your recommended social media platforms? Yeah, I'm I'm kind of, you know, I I'm, I've primarily stuck to Twitter and I feel like that is kind of not a good thing because there's some other, you know, there's like a there's Reddit, uh there's LinkedIn, there's Facebook, you know, there's a bunch of other sites, but I feel like I've really gotten a lot of benefit out of out of Twitter. It's kind of a double-edged sword because you get a lot of like the benefit, a lot of people, it's it's and I was kind of talking to my wife about this a little bit, but it's like, there's just something about that side that lends itself to like quick and easy thoughts, but then you can like do a thread and dive into things in a, with a little bit more complexity. So you'll see like technical uh, breakdowns of like the Conti leaks, for example, and you'll get some pretty interesting insights, but you'll also get, you know, insights into people's like personalities with like a, you know, quick 240 character tweet. Um, but, it, you know, con- you know, on the flip side, there's drama. So it's kind of a balance. You got to, you know, you gotta, you gotta curate the timeline for sure. Yeah. That's one of the things I love about Twitter, you know, compared to Facebook, a lot of times you have to be friends with people, their privacy settings have to be set a certain way. So it's really hard to discover people like you can on Twitter. You know, Twitter has been a valuable resource to me, you know, InfoSec Twitter, uh, you know, most of my resources that I get in the red teaming and pen testing arena 
are from people that I see on Twitter. You know, you have people like Tim Medine from Red Siege. You have the guys from Spectre Ops. Uh, a lot of great people out there. And then, you know, for people more into application security and web app pen testing, a lot of good bug bounty resources out there that you can learn from. So I think it's a good resource too. LinkedIn is valuable and you definitely need a LinkedIn. But one of the things as far as me getting information that I can use to learn or learn about some of the latest hacks and and that sort of thing. Uh, Twitter's kind of my go-to. Yeah. That, what, you know, what are your thoughts on Reddit? Cause I've, I've seen a lot of people, you know, dive into, you know, a lot of like the Reddit chats and there's some interesting information there, but I haven't personally dove in. How is it, you know, as a red teamer, you know, getting yeah, that is once one resource I've kind of underutilized and I go back and forth from time to time using it probably more active on it back in 2014, 2015 or so, but I'm not as active. But one of the things I do like is the fact that you're not, you don't have the severe character limitation and it's kind of easier to organize and see things and go back and find things. Whereas, you know, Twitter, you just got that timeline and going back and finding things can be difficult. If you've got a lot of uh, noise going on, then you can miss a lot of things because that's one of the things that like on uh, follow Fridays and for people that are uh, listening that are is not aware of follow Fridays on Twitter. It's a way for you to show different accounts that people should follow. And when you do that, it can get outrageous because myself, I've kind of slowed down recently and been kind of too busy. And then one thing, just some, some uh, bad experiences with people I've recommended that I wasn't more careful about vetting people was the fact that there's a, it creates a lot of noise. So some people will re- retweet your tweet. Thank you for it. So it makes a lot of noise on there. And some people don't like to be included on follow Fridays. Usually people have been around the industry longer. They just, they don't really need the follows and they don't like it, but it's, it just makes it hard. Anything you, anything that day is hard to go through any, any comments someone made towards you, any tweets, a reply is going back and trying to dig through that and find stuff can be pretty difficult. Yeah. I've always, I, I feel for, you know, both you and, and like a bunch of like, yeah, like you said, like the, the folks that are a bit more established that those notifications, it's probably like, you know, you just mute the app and just call it a day. I feel, I feel pretty bad. Yeah. I don't mind it so much, but for me, it's just going through trying to, to, to find stuff and read stuff. I had someone that, that I know in the industry that I, had attended some of their training, met them at the first conference I spoke at in person and, and they weren't rude or anything, but they come back one time and, and sent me a direct message and said, would you please not, or maybe they just responded, would you please not include me, which I understand. But yeah, so it's a, it's a good, good tool. But yeah, when you get there on Friday, sometimes there's a lot of noise and it's hard to get to the actual information. But one of the things I like too, I have some friends that say, you know, I want to unfollow this person because I want to see their content. So if it if it's good people they're following or good information, then you just need to create lists. So that way, if you've got your lists on uh, exploit development, then you can go through and just look at that list and find what you want to. It's a good way to to filter. So I think you really need to manage the way you use Twitter instead of you know unfollowing and that sort of thing. There's better ways, more effective ways to manage it. Yeah, I agree a hundred percent. So you had the college background. So, and you said you had the SEC plus, so did you feel like certifications are, are very helpful in InfoSec and did it seem to help you? Yeah. You know, I, this has been an interesting conversation 
you know, that I've, I've kind of gotten to witness getting into the field and talking to more people about it. Cause I feel like you get to see a lot of, you know, people's thoughts on it, like saying certifications don't matter. Certifications matter completely. Um, and then of course a lot like in the middle, you know, certainly it probably looks like a bell curve. Right. Um, I, I definitely feel like for me, it was very, very helpful, even though I had the degree. Um, and I don't know, I, I can't say with 100% confidence that I would have gotten my job uh, in a blue team right out of college if I didn't get the security plus, uh, just, you know, rolling with the, with the degree on its own. Uh, there's nothing wrong with the degree program that it came from. I, I thought it was pretty good. Um, but the security plus setting for that, if I, if I went with just what I learned in school and I just try to take the security plus, I would have failed like pr pretty embarrassingly. Uh, and I really had to put my head down and kind of learn a lot of stuff that was, you know, I don't even want to say miss because again, there's security is just so broad and, and it's so challenging in a, you know, in a, in a college degree to fit everything in and, and teach it to the level that a lot of people need and kind of balance both like the, the theory with the application. And so, and like, you know, the degrees kind of trying to hit some of the application as well. So I guess on certifications, it, there's certainly some that seem to be noise. Uh, I, I feel like for me, the security plus kind of helped not only validate what I learned, uh, but build on it even. And that, that really, I, I attribute that and uh, in, in internships, I guess, towards, towards what got me the job. So I, you know, I personally, I recommend it at least just starting off and then enumerating further once you're, once you're in. Yeah. And one of the things too, the security plus I'm, I'm a fan of the CompTIA stuff because uh, whenever I was teaching at Dallas college, uh, the pen test plus came out, the beta was out when I started the class, I used Georgia Weedman's book for, for the course manual. And then once I saw that I had like a, there was a train the trainer for the pen test plus that went out and my supervisor shared that with me. And I went through that training and was just really impressed with CompTIA's, you know, training the fact that they went through, uh, you know, went through a lot of methodology and stuff and as well as, you know, some, some courses will just go through strictly based on attacks and really not show you how to put things together. And so I really liked it. And I liked the way some of the other CompTIA content, like, you know, security plus I've kind of just breezed up, you know, kind of, uh, look through some of their content, but if I'm not, if, uh, if I'm not mistaken, I believe they do cover some things in regards to red teaming and pen testing in their content, maybe not in depth, but they do touch on it. Yeah, they definitely, uh, you know, my dad, I was talking to my dad about this too, just about the breadth of, uh, we were talking about this in the CISSP and he like the way that he described the sec plus is it's like a mile wide and like a foot deep you know like it's it's broad it covers just about everything in cybersecurity, but like it's it's fairly dense too without it covers too it doesn't like you said it doesn't go into you know the crazy depth that like the pen test plus would for for the offsec side but yeah that, i think that's one of the things that i really enjoyed about the security plus was I, I felt like just coming away from it i felt like i had a much more holistic i guess understanding and familiarity with the industry and I think one of the things that I like about your background is I think with having the college education and the certifications, diversifying where you're learning from, because, you know, uh, and one of the things, too, that just having that, because sometimes some of the certifications, 
the education content may be more current than what you're learning in the university or the college level. You know, even back years ago, because I remember when I was first getting into security, the security degrees out there, at one time you could really only find like a master's degree. And a lot of it was more assurance based. It really wasn't around, you know, firewalls and, you know, and intrusion detection systems and intrusion prevention, any of the hands-on kind of stuff is more, more really geared towards someone from an audit background or risk, you know, uh, IT risk management or something along those lines. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah, it's, it even, even with like certifications kind of balancing, you know, as far as like pace of, uh, you know, being updated and kind of adding in new content, like the, the security plus has evolved already since I took it. I took the 500. It's already switched to 600. Uh, so it's added some like cloud stuff and, and to my understanding pulled some of this 500 content out. Um, but, uh, you know, e- even at that rate, like stuff moves so fast in this industry. So, uh, it, it, you know, even outside of a certification, just, just learning. And that's where Twitter and, and YouTube and, and blogs and all these things come in to kind of help learn on, on, you know, at that kind of pace, you know, it's, it, it's definitely a pace to keep up with, but it, I, you know, it's important for sure. Yeah. It's something, something else that we always get asked about too. And I wanted to get your, your thoughts on this before I forgot about it, but you know, a lot of times people ask in the industry, do I need to be able to code or do I need to be able to script? What are you, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah. You know, to be honest, I haven't <laughs> done a lot of coding yet, but I am certainly happy that I'm familiar with it. And I feel like that's, you know, it, it never hurts to be more from, to, it, it certainly doesn't hurt to be familiar with as many things as possible because those are all tools in your toolbox. Um, so, you know, that, I feel like that's just kind of where I am with coding. I haven't had to do a ton of it. So that's, you know, probably a good thing for me, but you know, it's, it, I'm, I'm happy to have the tool and I, I definitely recommend folks get the tools as well. Yeah, that's good. And and one of the good things about the industry is even from a pen testing perspective, you don't have to be able to code fluently or, or, or script when you're getting started out. Definitely good, good things to learn. And one of the, the guests I had on that really surprised me that they didn't know how to code was Alyssa Knight. Hmm. And, you know, she's hacking APIs and uh, autonomous vehicles and all sorts of really advanced stuff, but she doesn't know how, doesn't know how to code sure she could learn if she want to, but it's just interesting to show that there's so many different ways to do things. You know, uh, you know, we're talking education, you know, you've, you've got both bases covered with the college education as well as, you know, certification and self-study. And then some people may be just pure self-study, but it's just kind of one of your pick your own adventure kind of things. People learn, you know, pick a way that that's best for them to learn works for them better. You know, some people it's hard for them to commit, very much time to go into college or whatever. So that's the beauty of this industry that you're not really expected to have to have, you know, a master's degree or a four-year degree necessarily to get in the industry, but it can, can be helpful. So that's one of the nice things about security. Yeah. I, I guess a question for you is, you know, what does it help to know the logic behind coding? So like not necessarily knowing how to code technically, but the logic behind how it works. Yeah, that that helps. And just understanding it enough to be able to like reverse engineer stuff because, you know, I've been on pen tests before where uh, I found a, a Java jar file and I reverse engineer, engineered it and it had like credentials for the database to authenticate to the database. 
So be able to understand that. And, and it seems like once you learn, you know, cause I had went to, uh, went to school for at WGU for a while and they had like a Java course was part of their curriculum. And so this Java and scripting courses, but one of the things I learned about it, I never got really fluent at coding, but I learned enough that if I'm looking at, a script or some kind of code, I can kind of figure out what it's doing and I can modify scripts and that sort of thing. So that's kind of, kind of where it's helped me. Awesome. So one of the things too, I know you've, you've, you've had a pretty good successful path, but based on what you've done, is there anything you would do different if you had to start over again, knowing what you know now, would you do anything different in your learning path to get into cybersecurity? Hmm. I'm not going to lie. And I feel like I always sound like a broken record to, to folks whenever I talk about YouTube, but I really feel like it's just, I, I feel like I should have started that earlier and started building that network a bit earlier, maybe even while I was still in college, just to kind of help uh, solidify some of the stuff I was learning then um, and, and building that network up to kind of, I guess, jumpstart the career maybe a little differently, but, uh, and, and, you know, gotten into try hack me a bit earlier. You know, no free, no, I know no free ads, but you know, try, yeah. you know, I just, it's so good. So it's good. a, it's a great resource. And actually I, I, the last summer of my last semester at Dallas college. And actually if I would have continued to teach, I would have used th that as my teaching platform. So yeah, it's, that's great stuff and really good. You know, I like resources where it's hands-on and not just reading. And that's a good one. And I like the way it's a good entry level learning path because you get through there and they, they don't expect you to know all this stuff and throw you in and you're struggling to figure it out. So that's really a great resource. I like that recommendation. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it, it gets into like some pretty good depth too. They, they'll add, they add stuff all the time. They added like, I think John Hammond actually added like a log for J room, like mm -hmm. very shortly after log for J became like a discovered thing, like the, the vulnerability, I guess I should say yeah. log for J shell. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a tremendous resource and it's like the paid tier is pretty free, but even just for free, it's pretty cheap, but for free, like you get access to a lot. So. Yeah. And the, and the support it's got from the industry, like you mentioned, John Hammond, and I think Joe Helley's done some stuff on there. various other people. I think maybe even the cyber mentor may have had some of his labs on there at one point or something, but it's got a lot of support from the community and the people that are in the community are supporting it, you know, kind of really, really shows the value of that platform. Yeah, absolutely. So we're getting down towards the end of the show and uh, I'm going to open it up to you to share any, anything that we may have missed that you think could be helpful to anyone trying to get into the industry or any shout outs that you'd like to give. Hmm. Well, I mean, of course I, I shouted out my dad earlier, but I always got to shout him out because you know, I don't, I don't think I'm, well, clearly I'm not here without him, but, uh, you know, and then, you know, yeah, it's honestly for, for folks that are, you know, still trying to get in, you know, re reach out. My, my DMs are open. Uh, there's Republic of Hackers. It, it's always, always looking for folks to help mentor and guide and, you know, at any kind of level of education. Uh, and, you know, just, you, you know, utilize the resources. It, there are lots of expensive ways to, to learn this stuff, but there's also lots of like, you know, open free ways to, to learn this. So, you know, it, it's really just a, a it's an equation of time and effort, I think. So it's, it's not easy. So definitely lean on people, but yeah. 
Great advice. And for those listening, we'll be sharing Caleb's social media as well as his YouTube and the link to the uh, Republic of Hackers Discord channel. So you can check that out. And I really I, I think that's a great resource, too, because just knowing some people that are involved with that and the fact that they kind of merged like another discord which is kind of good sometimes everyone goes off and does their own thing things can get so splintered but if you come together and work together you can create a better resource because otherwise you know if you're on discord there's a lot of good discord channels out there but flipping back and forth between those trying to find one so if you can find one that's active and people are sharing and helping each other those are definitely ones to join just like the republic of hackers yeah, the the multiple room or the multiple like Discord servers kind of makes the app chaotic almost. So it's like anxiety inducing opening the app and seeing like all the notifications come up immediately. But I mean, yeah, like you said, like there's they, they passed a thousand members recently. So it, I mean, it is it is bustling with activity, and they've got rooms for offense, offense, defense, cloud, uh, networking. I mean, name it. And there's the collective brain power is impressive. So yeah. A, a lot of a lot of free chicken it's great <laughs> well th- thanks for joining me caleb this is awesome it's good to talk to you again and hopefully sometime this year we'll get to talk to each other in person yeah that'd be great that'd be great thank you again for having me on oh it's a, it's a pleasure thanks everyone for joining and we'll see you on the next episode BugCrowd's award-winning platform combines actionable contextual intelligence with the skill and experience of the world's most elite hackers to help leading organizations identify and fix vulnerabilities, protect customers, and make the digitally connected world a safer place. Learn more at BugCrowd.com. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Hacker Factory Podcast with Philip Wiley. If you learned something new and this podcast made you think, then share ITSBmagazine.com with your friends, family, and colleagues. If you represent a company and wish to associate your brand with our conversations, sponsor one or more of our podcast channels. We hope you will come back for more stories and follow us on our journey. You can always find us at the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society.